Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one conclusive page of Talmud every day. And I say conclusive because I am sad to report that the time has come. Today, we bid adieu to Masechet Kitin after so many months of studying it, grappling with it, and loving it. And boy, does it go out with a beautiful image. Have a listen. As Rabbi Razal says, with regard to anyone who divorces his first wife, even the altar sheds tears over him, as it is stated. And this further you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and with sighing, insomuch that he does not regard the offering anymore, nor does he receive it with goodwill from your hand. Yet you say, what for? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously though she is your companion and the wife of your covenant. Clearly, one should not divorce the wife of his youth, i.e. his first wife, as one who does so is hated by God for divorcing the woman to whom he was bound in companionship and covenant. Wow, what an imagery, what a statement, what a way to go out with a bang and here to help us make sense of it all and sum up for us this beautiful tractate, Gitin, is our friend and teacher, Rabbi David Beshevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what a bittersweet yet absolute joy to be saying goodbye, farewell for now to another tractate, Tractate Gittin, which, as you know, is really the tractate of my youth. And to have even a semblance of divorce from this tractate, the one that I studied most frequently when I was in yeshiva, feels uh, quite bittersweet. And this imagery has always stuck with me, where the Talmud describes someone who divorces their wife, that even the altar sheds tears. And that imagery kind of always bothered me in a way where like that word afilu, like even the altar sheds tears. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't know that the altar had any emotions. I, I think I would be surprised if an altar exhibited any human emotion, uh, certainly crying. Uh, it would probably surprise me if it smiled or if it sighed or if it winked. What is the surprise that even the altar sheds tears as if that's the last inanimate object you would ever expect to actually shed tears? And I think this passage actually gives us perspective on two very real and very different ways in which we approach and have relationships with God. There is a relationship with God that is exemplified through the altar, through sacrifice, through that almost perceptible feeling that God is in our lives. The, one of the first sacrifices that we find explicitly in the Torah is in the 12th chapter of Genesis in the seventh verse, where Abraham is builds a Mizbeach. It is the first altar that is ever built. Mizbeach is the Hebrew word for altar. And he says he built a Mizbeach, he built an altar, La Hashem Hanira a love to God who appeared before him. He had this visceral, almost tangible confrontation with God. And because of that overwhelming feeling of emotion, what did Abraham do? He built an altar. He built built a Mizbeach. 
A altar represents that tangible confrontation where God is present in our lives. But unfortunately, that is not the only way in which God reveals himself, so to speak, within our lives. There is a God that reveals himself through absence, through what is missing, through the sense of, I want to feel something, but I am not feeling anything in this moment. You can imagine the scene at a wedding where we call attention to absence. And during a wedding, what's traditionally done is we always point out the grandparents or the great-grandparents who are no longer here. We call attention to absence because it is through that absence that we're able to forge a relationship and able to even feel a presence. Almost like the chair that's sometimes left empty in a synagogue or in a place of note that was used by previous leaders, we leave the chair empty because through that absence, we're able to forge a relationship of presence. And these are two very different tracks. And I believe that one is exemplified by the altar, that relationship of presence. I feel you in front of me. I feel that confrontation. I feel that connection. But there's a different track, and that track is the relationship that is exemplified through divorce, where divorce is not the end of a relationship, but it is almost prototypically a relationship that is forged through absence. And that is why the Talmud says we're so surprised that the altar is shedding tears. Because of every object that we have, the altar exemplifies a relationship of presence where you feel that other person in front of you. But when the relationship dissolves, there is a comfort of sorts that even in absence, we can still feel connected. Throughout this tractate, we've been saying how really this tractate is not just about a relationship between a husband and wife. It's not just a relationship that is forged through marriage. It's about our relationship with God. And sometimes we have a relationship with God that is prototypical of the altar, but sometimes we have that relationship with God that's like divorce, that's like forged through tears, through an absence. I wish I felt God in my life. I'm looking for spirituality. I'm looking for that presence of divinity. And that very question, that very noticing of absence can be a relationship unto itself. And that's why in this final passage in this tractate, the altar itself begins to shed tears. We're even in the place of presence, even in the place where we felt that tangible relationship the most, the altar, so to speak, sits down next to us and says, I want to comfort you and I want you to know that the relationship of presence can even be found through absence. And there's something really remarkable that you find in the story of the sacrifice, the most common sacrifice that we offered on the altar, which was known as the carbon Tumid. The carbon tumid, which means consistent sacrifice. It's the only sacrifice that is brought every single day of the year in the temple on the altar. And if you go through the passage that describes the carbon tumid, the daily sacrifice every single day of the year, you could find it in the 28th chapter of Bamidbar of Numbers. It's actually repeated twice. It's also earlier in Parshat Tetzaveh. But you could look it up and go through the passage. And there's something remarkable that somebody pointed out to me, and that is that every single letter in the Aleph Bays is represented in this 
passage except two letters that are absent. Every other single letter in the Aleph base is represented except two, and those two are Gimel and Tess, which of course spell get, the Hebrew word for divorce. And that what it's telling us is that even in the absence of these two letters, we can still forge that relationship, because this is a relationship that is forged through absence itself, and that in the aftermath of a rupture of a relationship, the altar itself sits down, comes and sits next to us and reminds us that even in the absence of divinity, within that absence, we can still find the presence of God. What a beautiful way to conclude, but we're not done yet because there is one thing that we say at the end of every Masechet, and I would like for you to do us the honor. Hadran Allah Masechus Gittin Bahadra Halan, we shall return to you, Tractate Gittin, and we hope and pray that you shall return to us. Amen Selah. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One Newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, and you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.